Jaha, do you know who uh, Lucy Jones is by chance? Lucy Lucy Jones? That sounds that sounds like such a generic <laughs> name. Well, actually, she's a she's a seismologist from California, and and do you want to know what she tweeted yesterday? What she tweeted? She said that uh, on her Twitter, a reminder that earthquakes in Mexico do not trigger earthquakes in California. Um. Which is very interesting because a lot of the people in California have recently been concerned that an earthquake could strike California in the light of what recently happened in Mexico a couple of days ago. Is that right? Something a big actually, actually, just yesterday, um, September seventh. Can you believe that? That's crazy. And so, how big was the the earthquake? And did it hit Mexico City spot on? Well, actually, no. So, I mean, as as you know, I, I am here in Mexico right now. Um, and see, I mean, I, I, I am I, I'm legitimately still in, you know, sort of sh- sort of shock and wonder because this was, you know, um, how do I even begin? So the, so a, a 7.1 magnitude earthquake struck like Al- Acapulco, right, by the coast. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm staying in Mexico City, which is, you know, in inland, right? Like almost exactly in the, well, you know, almost exactly between, you know, the, the coasts, right? Right. Um, and this was the first earthquake of my life. Um, you know, even though, so the epicenter was by the coast, you know, we could still feel like I could still legitimately feel the tremors here in the building. And so, you know, y- yesterday at like, what, eight? 49 p.m. You know, we I, I'm staying in this Airbnb and you know, we just I just had to run out outside, escape the building um with the other people, everybody else in the building. So everybody was on the street while it was raining. Wow. Um but it was it was a surreal experience, I'll tell you that. Was it was it damaging at all in in Mexico City? Like did any buildings collapse? I don't I don't believe so um, because you know especially Me- I, you know Mexico City actually had like a really devast- a, a devastating earthquake in 1985 um, and so you know I guess that was sort of like a you know a big Ch- like you know great fire of Chicago moment right where like you know everybody sort of um, began to take notice and then you know all the infrastructure all the buildings are like have been since then have been you know reinforced to better be able to better better sustain earthquake damages but by by acapulco i think there was some mild damage hmm yeah it's it's crazy that so i live in uh, a theoretically uh seismologically prone state uh, and i mean it's fair we get a lot of earthquakes but i've actually never been in anything larger than a, like a 4.0 so uh yeah i mean it's, it's like like California situated right along the fall, right? Like it's supposed to be like, you know, like you guys are due to to be be wrecked by an earthquake soon. Huh? It is, yeah, it's really it's a bit unsettling because they say we get them around every thirty years, and obviously we had one in San Francisco in nineteen what oh six, and then we had a couple like in between like in the fifties, and then we had the the Loma Prieta earthquake in nineteen eighty nine. The Northridge earthquake in 1994, but we haven't really had any big ones since then that have been at least widespread, caused widespread damage or notoriety. So it's a bit unsettling. We've made we've made efforts mm-hmm. to improve infrastructure, so that's good. We've uh, at least uh, modified a lot of bridges and done projects like that. But who knows? Like 
it could be huge. Yeah, if the ground like completely opens up, like I don't think reinforcement is like <laughs> gonna help. Yeah, and it, and it may end up being on the scale of of three eleven in Japan, and maybe we'll end up with a, a tsunami or something like that. If it, maybe maybe even worse, dude. I mean, the San Andreas fault is like you know super volatile. Mm-hmm. And hopefully it Happy doesn't. Thoughts, dude. <laughs> uh, the other unfortunate geographical stuff with or re, uh, in relation to California is that we have a lot of at least there some are dormant but we've had a lot of we have a lot of volcanoes on the eastern side of the state so hopefully um volcanic activity doesn't get triggered by a major earthquake because those volcanoes have a lot of potential to cause damage oh you know what else is like we're, we're set to be do we're, 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 we're like due for as a country the Yellowstone caldera <laughs> I forgot about that yeah I mean yeah, they're saying like, you know, well, they're saying like, you know, sometime within the next 3000 years, but we don't know exactly when, um, you know, that's going to like encompass all of the United States. I think I saw a map and it would be like only the the northern tip of Maine and the southern tip of Florida, as well as, you know, um, Hawaii and Alaska that don't have any ash cover cover at all. So that's another fun thought. I guess it's time to I move guess. to Alaska then, or to Hawaii. Yeah, and also with, you know, all the other global catastrophes, you know, by, in like 50 years, Alaska will be like the tropical dream destination. <laughs> That's what I heard. I, I watched a video, and supposedly everywhere north of, I think, Portland, Oregon is going to be livable, and it's going to be like an L.A.-type climate. And then supposedly, like, Nunavut, or uh, Northwest Territories, is going to be like the the economic center of of the new world because of course they're going to have all access to the arctic shipping routes and and a much nicer climate so supposedly canada and new zealand are going to become the the main superpowers and norway too what about russia the the, the already yeah them too but, i mean they also have <laughs> and maybe they'll get all the permafrost to to i guess melt away in, in siberia too so then siberia gains a lot of economic statute I mean, Russia has the most to gain, you know, out of out of all the the countries from you know global warming. Yeah, I mean, we also have to consider that that might be good for for a lot of countries. But you have the the sinking of of like the all the islands in the Pacific, or or the the Maldives, or big cities like Venice. I mean, I I think we should Rip. we should we should hope it doesn't happen because it'd be pretty. Uh, devastating for every uh, country near the equator, especially too, and they they'd all become desertified. Isn't that a ha- isn't that like such a wonderful thing? Just just like one 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 big disaster to another, and we're on you know whole portions of the world like just becoming uninhabitable. I mean, it, it sure seems like we're on that trend now, and nothing's really really flipping the switch in that regard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess, you know, just for now, maybe, maybe reeling it back a bit, right? Um, in Ohio, we have, like, no natural disasters whatsoever, except for, you know, the mildly annoying thunderstorm that lasts for two weeks. <laughs> no blizzards? And do you get the tornadoes? Uh, also, mildly annoying blizzards that cut off, that may or may not cut, well, it hasn't really, like, cut off power. power I mean, power outages, like, happen every so often, but... Mildly annoying thunderstorms and mildly annoying blizzards and tornadoes, but the tornadoes happen all in like farm country. They all happen in like 
the majority actually happened in like you know Kansas and stuff, right? Um, so I had to come to come to Mexico to finally <laughs> to finally right experience a natural disaster. <laughs> I remember as a kid, I was always when I was at airports, I was always scared to to get on the flights that were going to places like Kansas City or St. Louis because I always associated those states with like tornadoes happening every day. And thinking, wow, I'm really lucky I live in California. And nowadays, like, we have bad air quality every day and then earthquakes, too. So I guess it's it's not all yeah. idyllic. Yeah. I mean, it's certainly not ideal for, you know, the Kansan farmers who lose their, like, you know, whole fields of corn due to, due to the tornadoes. But, <laughs> you know, I guess, in, in, I guess, you know, that it may or it may be a preferable option to, you know, um, state destroying tornadoes uh sorry state destroying earthquakes and volcanoes <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and while we're on the topic of natural disasters there was hurricane ida last week were you in ohio when that happened and did it affect ohio at all um when when was it was it before the fourth because that's when i came I to the mexico i think it was yeah it was like sunday the 29th i think if that was a sunday Oh, I do recall. It was pretty rainy those few days. But that was it. I keep getting news alerts that it's causing so much damage in like New Orleans or in the in the northeast. Uh it looked like a lot of the subways flooded, so Oh yeah, New Orleans, New York, they're like horrible places to be for hurricanes. All like I mean like we said, right? You know, Ohio is just all super inland. Like if you if the hurricane wants to get here, it has to like go through like, you know, at least three other states no matter what direction you come from. Um, so, you know, all we got was, again, the mildly annoying thunderstorms. <laughs> what about, I, I mean, you know, there hasn't, I, I, I suppose, I mean, I suppose Ida didn't have any effect on California. By the way, are you guys still, are you guys still on fire? There are fires burning. To my knowledge, they're getting better. Uh, there were, I mean, we're in the Bay Area, so there are a lot of people who own second homes in Tahoe who have been concerned about their homes burning down. Uh, but we also haven't really... The air quality's been better as of late. It's been a bit uh, unhealthy for sensitive groups, but it's, it's trending better. We haven't had hazardous air quality yet, so that's a bonus. And then... Uh, that's good. And then the hurricane, yeah, we haven't got any rain at all. It doesn't rain here until October at this point, uh, at least in the Bay Area. There's thunderstorms well, in the in I the guess. Sierras and in the mountains in the afternoons, like like in Mexico City, but uh, in like the the bigger cities, it's it's we're we've been in a drought for forever. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you would mentioned that it is raining every single afternoon here in Mexico City because it is the wet season. So fun, very fun. Mm-hmm. It's it's interesting that uh, seemingly all these mountain cities both in the U.S. and Mexico, always get thunderstorms in the afternoon, and I guess it's just uh, an established weather pattern, but it's an interesting correlation. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm, there's definitely a reason, but I um, I mean, I'd love to know it, but I, 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 I don't know it, so maybe. Maybe I'll find out one day. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of, of global superpowers, as we were a couple minutes ago, uh china in recent years has been trying to become a global superpower uh and especially an economic superpower through a lot of infrastructure projects on their one belt and one road initiative and one country i think we had 
wanted to talk about more was was Kenya in particular because they are, are one of the countries in Africa that has been that China and Kenya have mutually agreed to uh, build a railway in, uh, which we thought was interesting because there's not a lot of those kinds of projects uh, happening uh, across the world. So Kenya, we thought, would be interesting to talk about today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could you could legitimately say that like Kenya. With maybe the exception of Pakistan, it sort of represents you know the the, the biggest, um, the best results of the One Belt One Road initiative so far. Eh? I don't know if that's what, the way I was going to go with it because I, I all I've seen is that Kenya's been in trouble and that they might lose the port of Mombasa. But in terms of actually getting stuff built, I think it's been successful. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, let's of course, you know, this is a very politically charged question, but let's 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 talk first of all, first of all, about what um, what this entails, right? So, of course, being transit talk, um, you know, the 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 main focus is the uh, the SGR, the standard gauge railway uh, in Kenya, uh, which currently starts from the port city of Mombasa on the Indian Ocean in the east, uh, and links out west uh, through. Um, the Kenyan, the Kenyan uh, countryside, um, and then passes through Nairobi, which is in sort of you know the central portion of the country, the, the nation's capital and larger city, and then continues out west um, to, as of right now, uh, it continues on to um, Sus- the small town of Suswa, which is you know by the the, the mountains in western Kenya. But there are plans to link it, you know, even further out west and eventually to the, the bordering country of Uganda. Um, but that is the plan as of right now. And it seemed like, too, that uh, if you can connect to Uganda, you can connect to the DRC and you can connect to South Sudan and you can connect to uh, uh, Rwanda, which seems to be especially Kenya's goal to to use that railway as a way to boost the shipping of goods especially from the port of Mombasa inland so obviously the the other countries would be probably very grateful for this uh, new railway line uh being mm-hmm. built mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean as of right now you know there, there really aren't especially for a lot of those countries there aren't two convenient ways to to you know ferry goods to the to the rest of the world right like if you're in uganda um you can you can fly of course but then you either have to go through Tanzania or Kenya on very slow roads and very slow railways as of right now. Um, same situation with, you know, Rwanda and Burundi. Um, and because, of course, you know, transit through the, the Democratic Republic of the Congo is not an option um, for both reason, for reasons of both war, civil war, and reasons of its thick jungle bush, right? You're not getting stuff through there. Mm-hmm. And so, so you mentioned uh, a couple minutes ago that you were saying, in terms of success, that this project has been one of the the, I guess, most premier and notable success stories for uh, the OBOR. But at least my, like I mentioned, my perception of it. Is, so there's a Bloomberg headline that reads, uh, "China has built a railroad to nowhere in Kenya," uh, saying it ends 75 miles west of Nairobi. Uh, so I was curious, what do you mean when you say like it's been been successful, and were you looking at specific metrics? Well, I mean, what I mean by that is, you know, it's it's it certainly represents one of the most, um, uh, uh, um, shall we say, you know, 
outwardly visible successes of the One Belt, One Road initiative, right? Um, because it is a pretty big feat to have built an entirely new railway and infrastructure and all connecting, you know, the cities of Mombasa, Nairobi, and beyond, right? Um, it is, you know, one of, it's one of the, the success stories so far. Um, other ones would include, for example, you know, the, the light rail system in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, um, things they have going on in Pakistan, um, other, you know, various various infrastructure projects elsewhere in the world, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I think on, in terms of, you know, a, a national, um, na- uh, a project which is n- sig- uh, significant nationally, that's what I think this represents. And I, I mean, when you said, you know, that, that headline of building a railroad, railroad to nowhere, I mean, you know, by, that's, 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 that's sort of, you know, taking things a bit too literally, right? Because, like, yes, you know, the terminus right now is a middle of no, a, a sort of a middle of nowhere station uh, west, of, west of Kenya. But the railroad represents, you know, the connection of Nairobi and Mombasa, right. which is, you know, the critical corridor for the country and for the region as well. Um, of course, you know, I'm not going to get political, uh, but I do think that, you know, it's, 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 while, while it may be, um, it, it may be in middle of nowhere now, it, number one, is part of a major artery in Africa and Kenya. And number two, I mean, like we said, right, it is something which is not finished. It will be expanded out further. So it won't be, you know, terminating in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. um, forever. What do, you, what do you make of it? Your, um, what did you think of, you know, the headline and, and all that? Uh, yeah, I had I uh, originally thought that maybe it didn't even, I maybe not even got to Nairobi yet when I first clicked on the article, but clearly it's a bit misleading and it has, it still connects uh, Mombasa to Nairobi. Um, and then it goes a bit 75 miles west out to Suswa. Uh, and I had thought that maybe in terms of the projects being completed, my I w- my initial thought was that the light rail in Azababa would have a, a, a lot more meaning and impact. But uh, I've, I've learned that maybe the impact of this railway has actually been a lot more impactful, especially with COVID. I noticed that it's been used to ship uh, a lot of uh, critical supplies from the port into Kenya, which I believe would be obviously mm-hmm. a lot more helpful in, in combating COVID. But I don't know actually as much about the actual stats on people using it or whether it's been and been profitable. Um, I mean, I in terms of in terms of stats, right? So um, there's I have the figures here, which says a total of five million. 415,000 passengers have been ferried between Nairobi and Mombasa in the last 50, uh, 1,500 days since the SGR commenced operations, right? Um, and for figures in 2021, uh, there are estimates that about 1.8 million commuters um, would use the service in you know, the, the, the 2021 year, um, which, I mean, is certainly, you know, they aren't insignificant numbers, Um in terms of profitability, um, I, in terms of profitability, right? Um, I don't believe it has been become profitable yet, um, simply because, first of all, um, you know, China has uh, written off a lot of debt, right? Um, mm-hmm. Including, uh, you know, in the billions of dollars of debt, um, but also because, um, well, you know, this 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 railway only began service in 2017, so four years ago. 
um, and it would be decently decently difficult, right, to um, to 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 immediately turn a profit yeah, in, it, in that it short, takes short period of time. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, it says you know um, that they're they're currently on the second loan. Um, the Kenyan SGR is on the second loan. Uh, with an interest rate approximately 3.34% per year um, and will last until 2035. So this is very much a long-term project. Um, Although what is interesting is that um, prior to to what has been planned, um, the, the, the railway is actually reverting back already. I'm sorry, the railway is already reverting to Kenyan ownership instead of, you know, the Chinese... Um, instead, instead of the the initial agreement, which was to have, um, which is, which was to have, you know, the 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 rail line mostly be operated by China by China, mm-hmm. um, until twenty twenty seven. But actually, it's it's set to to they're cutting it back by five years instead of ten years from twenty seventeen to twenty twenty seven. They're cutting it back to only five years. So in twenty twenty two, um, the the, sh- the the takeover right by. The Kenyan Railway Authority will begin, and this year is actually, you know, more of a little bit of a, a transition year, twenty twenty one, between, you know, to to get, you know, for example, the Kenyan companies, uh, the Kenyan staff, um, acquainted with with mm-hmm. the new the new train system. Huh. So, what's the is the process just like is Kenya having to pay a bit more money, more upfront earlier, just to regain more control? Or is it just like a, I guess a, a a peaceful transfer of power? Well, I mean, it's well, it is it is very much a peaceful transfer of power. That's one way to put it. Um, but a, effectively, a review was conducted um, to study the feasibility of transferring. Uh, it says critical positions is what it says um, to the Kenyan Railway Corporation, um, and the the it was negotiated um, to. Uh, it was negotiated right the date from 2027 which was initially um to to shift that to to to, you know cut that down to only may of 2022 um because of course um again uh, it takes it takes a lot of time to be able to train uh and find um new people to operate everything right because you know, for example, becoming, you know, the train, the locomotive driver, right? That takes years of training just to be able to get up to speed. Um, and so that's why, you know, initially 10 years would set. But it seems that, that you know, things are actually going decently well. Um, that, you know, it's um, uh, uh, sort of ready to be transferred um, to the operations all ready to be transferred to, to the Kenyan Railways Corporation mm-hmm. right now. And it, and it looks like actually that it's projected to save uh, the government more than 120 million dollars a year in in fees of having a private uh, contractor run it. Which, uh, looking at the data, so they the 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 KRC the the line the the, the SGR made 126 million in 2019, uh, but the operating cost at the time was 170 million. So that would be a loss of, of 44 million. Uh, over the year, uh, but if you can save more than 120 million in in fees, in addition to the operating costs and whatnot, that would be huge for its its long term viability, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, of course, you know, it's um, it's also important to remember, you know, the 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 position of Kenya in the world as well. Um, it is certainly not 
you know, a, a shall we say, developed country in, in most standards, um, but it has uh, enormous potential, you know, both in intrinsically in itself of being, you know, a major center uh, in world in you know, global affairs, um, as well as a leader in the, the broader uh, East, East Africa region. Um, so GDP and population and all that is, is set to grow at a pretty good rate, um, you know, in, um, it, it's, it's set to grow, you know, um, and, and help the country develop into a much um, more, um, uh, a much bigger power than it is now. And so this railway line, you know, uh, it, it's making, it's, it's at a loss right now, but um, I guess it's, it's, you know, one of those cause and effect things, right? So like um, the, the, you know, sort of having a railway, having having the sort of transit connection, right? The sort of railway line, it helps to it helps to um, grow the economy. It helps to grow, you know, offer offer greater access between, you know, for example, the financial center of Nairobi with the port of Mombasa, um, which in turn then is able to finance more, you know, transit connections, which then you know aids in development even more, and so on, so on. Mm-hmm. And, and and actually, it looks like the, so the KRC mentioned uh, in its first year of operation that it carried 1.3 million Kenyans, uh, which was was less than the, the 2019 numbers, um, but it had a 96.7 percent seat occupancy and it carried 600,000 tons of cargo, which translate actually to a lot of benefits, which uh, uh, the KRC says is a is a 1.5 percent increase in GDP. This is actually the Chinese media. Uh, and that it created 46,000 jobs for Kenyan locals specifically, which is, is important because a lot of times uh, the, the the I mean, I guess a lot of the criticism of BRI is that it uh, sometimes brings in Chinese workers, but it also um, hires a lot of local workers for, for uh, rip-offs essentially with poor conditions, but it, it did create 46,000 jobs for locals uh, and uh, trained 1,600 railroad professionals. So across the board, mm-hmm. even if it's going to lose money in its first couple of years, it's clear that it's isn't it's it can it can I guess function as a, a transitioning mechanism for Kenya to to grow out of being this like middle developed country and become more developed mm-hmm. overall. Mhm. 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 Yeah. I mean, it's um. Mm-hmm. It's that sort of that's certainly one thing that is you know sort of um, embroiled in a bit of controversy, right? Um, you know, you have um, certainly not, you know, unanimous agreement uh, of, of, you know, the, especially the labor situation. Um, you know, I, I've seen in videos, for example, right, of Kenyans, them talking about um, the actual project. And, you know, unfortunately, it is, it is, you know, there aren't great conditions for all workers. Um, but, you know, for, 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 for what was done initially, right? Chinese workers were brought in um, to fill many other roles. Um, but it does seem that, you know, at least for now, right, um, the, the, the Chinese presence has certainly diminished a lot. Um, I saw this one video, it was, you know, very recently in 2021, that said that, you know, of, in the entire train, only uh, there, there are two locomotive drivers, one of which is Chinese and the other one is Kenyan. Um, and then all the other staff, for example, in the station and on the trains are all Kenyan. Um, so it's definitely progress, but, um, you know, it's, 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 um, it, it certainly draws its own criticism as well, shall we say. Mm-hmm. 
Well, and a lot of uh, the, I guess the even bigger criticism of of OBOR or BRI uh, in relation to China is how they they force or not necessarily force, but I guess it, through these agreements uh, end up um, pushing a lot of debt onto these African countries, which I guess a lot of people have coined as debt diplomacy, where they they I guess can uh, sway negotiations in their favor through the the consequences of 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 these countries losing out on assets because it's uh, a lot with these negotiations uh kenya has to pay off their debt to china for for the construction of the railway which was i think china paid three and a half billion dollars uh and upwards of that to for, for, to finance this railway but in, in return if kenya can't pay that mm-hmm. then china can reclaim the port of mombasa for themselves which obviously would have a, a lot of negative economic consequences on Kenya, so Kenya certainly mm-hmm. uh, has a lot to do in terms of paying back. Uh, and in March 2018, uh, the Center for Global Development did highlight that Kenya was at a very high risk of debt distress from its participation in in the OBOR BRI program. So, uh, I guess we should be hopeful that Kenya does not end up getting into that situation, which it uh, does not look like they will. Yeah, I mean, it's um, mm-hmm. certainly, you know, not, it certainly wouldn't be ideal, right? Having that sort of, um, that sort of, you know, requirement to, 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 to be paid back. Um, but, I mean, I, I would say that, you know, at least on the surface, right, it does seem that, you know, everything is, is going quite well um, in terms of, you know, in terms of you know bring, making making the project you know fully a fully Kenyan endeavor, um, and also in avoiding any of the sort of sort of debt traps, um, but of course, <laughs> in that regard, right, um, the future the future will see what holds for the country. Um, you know, certainly don't want another sort of repeat of, for example, what happened in uh, Sri Lanka, where you know the country was forced to give up a port for ninety nine years. Um, that, that, that wouldn't be ideal at all. Uh, but, you know, it is, of course, a major, this, 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 this project, right, was, was a major, was and is, right, a major accomplishment of, um, the, 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 you know, all the parties involved, and it's critically important for Kenya itself, Kenya's future as well. Mm -hmm. Well, and actually, one of the key points we have yet to mention is that, uh, there is sort of a reasoning behind why the railway is stuck in Siswa and it hasn't expanded, which is that in 2019, China did pull out of all of their financing of the railways, essentially making it so that at, right as of now, uh, new uh, railway tracks that would eventually connect into Uganda can't be built. So essentially, China's in or not Kenya is in a in a fragile position where they can't really expand their railway. Because they don't have the funds themselves, obviously. So, in a sense, at least for now, the railway doesn't seem to be moving anywhere in the future. But actually, it's interesting that um, a lot of people have suspected that that China pulled out because they were uh, getting a lot of backlash for burgeoning more and more debt on Kenya. So, in some ways, China pulling out may have saved Kenya from additional debt distress. But at the same time, the the railway ends in Susua right now, and it's it, it, it like Bloomberg said it it's. It go. It may go through uh, Nairobi, but it's still a, a railroad to nowhere. 
Yeah, I mean, it'll definitely be curious to see. It'll definitely be interesting to see what happens because it is, you know, definitely one way of, you know, definitely, definitely a good thing in that, you know, it's it's avoiding, um, avoiding any sort of additional, you know, debt trapping. Um, but I mean, and and you know, I'd love to hear your your you know speculations on this too. Um, but I think that at least for now, since you know China has pulled out, you know, funding for the extensions and all that. Um, you know, sort of, sort of the next main goal for the the initiative, right, for the railroad, is to link um, the SGR with the port city of Kisumu on Lake Victoria, so Kenya's other port city, other big port city, right? Um, which uh, it is sort of, um, you know, which 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 is, is is still pretty far away from Suswa, right? Um, the goal here, you know, once, once you have the railroad connected with Kisumu, then that, that opens up tons and tons of, um, new easier transit links, um, of being able to, for example, ship, uh, you know, cargo to and from, uh, Uganda, Tanzania, uh, as well as, you know, make it easier for Rwanda to sail through Victoria onto the port of Kisumu and then onto the railway, uh, and then all the way through the Indian Ocean, um, now I, I this is definitely the the next big step, um, but I mean certainly I would say that you know certainly I would say that you know for example it, it, it's it's definitely you know Kenya has survived you know many 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 years of even not having this real connection right um, so you know even just having a real connection to and from Nairobi and Mombasa is still pretty major uh, so I don't think. Um, just because China pulled out and just because, you know, the full project was not completed, I don't think this should be regarded as a failure because it is, you know, still critical in the Kenyan, um, the Kenyan economic sphere uh, and in what the future holds. Um, but what do you think? Mm-hmm. I, I agree. And it, well, it's, it's interesting because for a long while, China... And the government had stated that this project was their, the centerpiece of the One Belt Runner initiative and were, were really hyping it up to the degree that I would think that if they wanted to achieve like the, the full soft power goals they had in mind for the project, they'd probably want to get it completed, uh, but in a way that almost signals to me that they think that the centerpiece of the project is the is the connection from Mombasa to Nairobi and they don't feel the need to to put any more investment and and money into it uh and i believe actually that kenya does already have a a railway line that runs to the uganda border it's just very old and it's really really narrow so it's not compatible with any other track line but actually kenya would has shown an interest in maybe connecting that to the sgr with the limited funds they have uh so I mean I I agree that it's not necessary to build an actual new rail line to Kasumu right now because uh, the the connection from Mombasa to Nairobi is is quite good, but f- if if funding allows then then sure. Mhm. 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 Yeah, I mean it's it's also it's also you know what's well, also important to remember is that um, although we talk like this right, it's like oh no the railway line only goes from you know. Nairobi to Mombasa and then to, you know, Suswa. Um, Kenya, of course, still has, you know, it's, it's um, narrow gauge, uh, narrow gauge um, train network, um, you know, built by the, built by the British in the, in the colonial period. 
it's still full and running, right? So there's still, you know, passenger trains on the narrow gates, the slower one to and from Nairobi to the border with Uganda to Kisumu and to, you know, all, a bunch of other places in Kenya. Um, it's only the, the SGR, right, that is, is limited to the Mombasa-Nairobi corridor. Um, although, I, so, so, I mean, I think it's definitely feasible, and that's definitely what some people are doing now, right? Um, taking advantage of um, at least the Nairobi to Mombasa portion of, you know, shipping, for example, um, you know, f- freight on the, on the standard Kisumu to Nairobi uh, rail line and then onto the SGR. Although I would say, you know, in terms of, I guess, I guess one side thing, I guess um, one, si- one side uh, sort of observation, which I think would be interesting is that, you know, if, you know, the, the Kenyan government does not, you know, proceed soon or, you know, in the next few years with finding new funds to extend the line uh, to Kisumu or to the border with Uganda, um, you know, I think, you know, it is, it is, I think it wouldn't be beyond the realm of possibility that, you know, the, the tiny branch to, from Nairobi to and from Suswa would just be closed, uh, at least for now. Um, you know, to save on costs and all that until, you know, the, the railway in, in, in itself can help generate additional funds, can turn a profit uh, to finance a, 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 a new connection to, to, you know, the border. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've heard some reports that maybe it's being extended to the town of, of Naivasha, which is not far from Suswa and would probably maybe be economically feasible to have trains run between it but yeah i would not be surprised if uh if they just shut down the entire route to to Suswa from Nairobi because it honestly does not really make a difference and and even when you consider that oh it only goes from Mombasa to Nairobi like when you look at the scale of projects generally in Africa i mean there really isn't a country that still has a comparable rail connection that has so much economic viability because this this line is able to uh, have uh, capacity for higher speed trains both passenger and cargo uh, and, the, and the cargo side i think is, is the key because it, it like like we've mentioned it carried like over six hundred thousand tons of cargo in its first year which is is, is quite a lot uh for for a, i guess a middle developing country uh, and and like I mentioned earlier, for COVID too, it's it's really key for uh, transporting supplies. Uh, so my my hope, I guess, would be that they can connect uh, the the older gauge railways to 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 this standard narrow gauge railway. But uh, alas, Kenya's funding is is not is not particularly great. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, you know, I think we also have to because you know we did talk a little bit about you know why this railroad is important. Um, and a little bit about the controversies, but there is one other thing which absolutely has to be mentioned. Um, of course, Kenya being, you know, like if, if you talk about Kenya, right, uh, to anybody, you'll say, oh, what is it famous for, right? Maybe one of the first things you'll hear is, you know, safaris, right? Um, you know, the Kenyan, uh, the Kenyan, you know, rural Kenya, right, by the Serengeti, um, by everywhere else, right? It's, it's incredibly... Um, it's incredibly diverse with the bio it's incredibly biodiverse right with the savannas and with you know the some of the mountains um and you know it has a lot of wonderful um environmental features uh this railway sort of you know cuts right through a lot of that uh, and that is another area where there has been a lot of criticism um 
there, there obviously, you know, there has been, for example, some efforts taken. Uh, for example, you know, in in a few national parks where the what which the railway cuts through, um, the entire railway is is just elevated for entire for very long portions, um, to allow for you know, not to to allow for you know wildlife to pass through and from, um, easily, but you know. There is still very large criticism of the whole railroad, because, especially because of landscape modification, uh, which has which result which, which results in, for example, soil erosion, um, land degradation, flooding, um, mm-hmm. habitat destruction. Right, the, the list goes on, um, and you know this this is, I guess, sort of you know the, the long term impacts will be will still have to be seen, but this has but the railroad has received. Um, quite a lot of criticism for also uh, the environmental damage that it causes. Mm-hmm. And I, I've I've heard a lot of that, and it's interesting because I mean I guess with all transit projects, especially big railway lines, there's always going to be environmental impacts. But there are I guess with large projects like this one, or even the Transcontinental Railroad in the U.S., they're seemingly uh, people don't care about them as much because they they believe that the the economic benefits outweigh all of the costs of maybe like um, destroying some ecosystem by uh, boring a tunnel through a mountain or whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I guess in Kenya it's fascinating because, like you mentioned, it goes through a lot of the the ecologically fragile and and notable ecosystems. Um, and actually, it, it it notes that the railway cuts across the the Tsavo conservation area, which it su- uh, supposedly mm-hmm. supports forty percent of. Kenya's elephant population. Um, so, like you mentioned, a lot of an easy way to maybe fix that is to to elevate the line. But at the same time, if you keep a lot of the 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 railway raised, it uh, has a lot of potential to just redirect uh, surface water and and rainfall. And um, it actually, there was a survey from from a county, an adult county. Um, that noted that there was the the, the big bridge overpasses caused, uh, like you mentioned, erosion, um, and and water sources being uh, really messed up, uh, and the water flow is messed up, which creates flooding possibilities, especially with with a lot of rain, uh, which is common, of of course, in in that area. So it's it's really interesting because no matter what you do, you're gonna have some kind of environmental impact, whether it be um, re- redirecting water flows are actually um, uh, stopping migration patterns by building uh, a rail line through a national park. So it seems mm-hmm. like there's not really a good solution for that, and that actually could be pretty devastating in the long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, another criticism um, that sort of connects to uh, the whole environmental point is that you know, because of all the environmental damage, um, and because of the, the intrinsic nature of you know the line itself, um, there are some. There's also some criticism that says that you know ultimately this line will just help increase um, the wealth wealth disparity and economic inequality in Kenya it, itself, um, because you know while the line is certainly going to be beneficial for for you know the citizens and the businesses of Nairobi and Mombasa, um, you know much of rural Kenya, which still you know depends on uh you know agriculture um will suffer the 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 consequences of you know the environmental damage right so for example um there there has been there have been reports already of um 
in Kijado, in Kijado County, which is south of Nairobi, um, and in Naroko County, which is west of Nairobi, right? Storm water uh, has been, you know, stripping farms of soil, making, um, you know, the, 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 the annual crop yield, you know, sort of, sort of really, really hindering that for the locals there. Um, and, you know, they aren't going to really benefit too much from uh, the railway connecting Nairobi and Mombasa right. for now. Uh, so it's it's you know it's sort of you know a, a win lose situation for um, for the, the you know the urban and the rural as well as you know, the environment itself, um, which is also of course another big criticism. Mm-hmm. And it's it's I hope that they can find ways to reconcile that because just globally uh, economic inequality is growing out of proportions everywhere. Um, but also to some degree having a rail line through rural areas is better than not because at least if you uh, have stops along the line you can spread some of the the wealth that comes from having goods being transported and whatnot but in terms of the environmental effects on those towns uh, I mean for so for so long in all of these projects a lot of the the rural concerns have been neglected uh, and they're Mm -hmm. I mean, they they don't have a lot of influence because they're so small, and the communities don't have a lot of mm-hmm. uh, ways to be involved and whatnot. But and uh, and environmental challenges have certainly uh, grown, especially in small communities all over the world, with climate change. And if you literally create climate change through building uh, uh, a, a rail line, uh, I mean, it can't really get worse than that for some of these communities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly, um, and and it's also you know for some of the some of the communities too, um, you know in especially you know in the very rural areas, uh, there's actually quite a quite a few people, quite a lot of communities, uh, who still live in you know, sort of nomadic pastoral lifestyles, right? So for example, you know the Maasai people, um, a lot of them live in in, uh, you know nomadic lifestyles um you know their their lifestyles have had to been have have been changed greatly uh both both positively and negatively by the railway um you know negatively in a big way in that you know a lot of people have had to be relocated um which is you know never great um but i guess you know sort of at the same time it is a positive for them because the opening of this new line you know creates more um more more easier connections uh for you know for example tourists um who you know the maasai community especially right greatly cater to um and uh, you know are, are very much eager to share um their 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 way of life with the rest of the world so it's really you know in, in some cases it's, it's you know you, there, there are clear benefits there are clear uh disadvantages um but you know, other cases, right? It's it's you know, you you got you got you got everything, both good and bad. It, it's very much a double edged sword because uh, many will claim that the the good outweighs the bad, but in twenty years we may disagree uh, on on that assessment because uh, much of like we've talked about the land is natural parkland, and that I mean, in theory, you could have a lot of economic benefits from the the line, of course, which we've been seeing, but if you uh, eliminate uh migration patterns whatnot you could um affect the long-term viability of national parks as a tourist attraction as well and maybe that would 
would see some of the the positive effects neutralized, which would certainly be uh, something we would want to avoid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. Um, but again, you know, for a lot of communities, right? And for for the communities, like you said, in the middle, there's really no choice, just because they're too small and they don't have any, you know, real influence in politics or in any other meaningful way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just really interesting because there's there's a lot of photos online about the railway uh, being elevated with with some deer, I believe, trying to to navigate their way under the overpass, and it, it's just kind of a sad reflection of uh, maybe poor planning in a sense, but that of infrastructure interfering with animal pathways, which is really an issue that we don't, I think, consider enough, especially globally. I mean, I guess in the U.S., there's been some wildlife crossings built over interstates, but I mean, uh, with all of these underpasses being built in Kenya, it could have huge effects uh, across the board environmentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we're definitely going to see them. And that's definitely something to keep out, especially in the, in the near future, um, to see what they will do to reconcile that. Uh, but for the last, you know, for the last little portion, I do want to talk a little bit about the actual experience on board um, the train. So, Jack, um, have you, have you, you know, I, I presume you've not been to Kenya and taken the stream before. So have you, you know, have you seen the, seen, you know, reviews or whatever on the internet before? I have watched one YouTube video. It was a Noel Phillips video, and I believe it was on the train from Mombasa to Nairobi, but I will have to check that. So I may have, but I don't remember mm-hmm. much of it, except that the train was actually pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it's, um, hold on. I, I, I saw the times, um, okay, yeah. Uh, so it's, um, the train is certainly cuts down on a lot of time, right? So, um, the train itself, I believe it's set to take around five, five hours-ish, um, between Nairobi and Mombasa, whereas the old narrow gauge railway could take up to 10 to 12 hours, right? Um, so it is certainly an improvement in you know yeah this, that's this that's huge. Corridor. It's it's very much huge, you know, over fifty percent. Um, but I mean, I I mean, I too, of course, have not been to Kenya. Uh, but I will say, and you know, what people have noticed um, is that uh, you know, if you look at you know, for example, pictures and what the stations and everything, what everything is like, it is effectively. Um, th- it is the exact same situation as what you would find in China, uh, in you know placed in Kenya, right? So, for example, the station design is identical. Where you have, um, you know, for example, on on the top of the station, right? You have in big letters the station name, right? Like Nairobi Terminus, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the security, the the entrances, it's very much identical. Security, the the little these two, you know, little um, sort of big extra machines just on the ground that you put your things through. Um, and then, you know, the station layout. And then even, for example, um, even, for example, you know, the the the, uh, the tickets, right, which are sort of um, about the size of, of your credit card and, you know, they come in the light blue color. That's very much in the Chinese style as well. Um, hmm. So, you know, I... Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I forgot who said it, but one of the YouTubers that I was watching, um, he really described it as, you know, sort of a very surreal experience. 
because um, he had lived in in both in, in China and was now in Kenya. And I was like, oh, my God, this is like the same thing. <laughs> but, you know, everything is is Kenyan. Right. Um, which I just thought was 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 really interesting. The actually the um, the onboard service too, the, the layout of the train, um, the way the service is conducted um, and the way, for example, you know, uh, for example, in China, right, when when boarding the train, you have the sort of what do you call them? train attendants right yeah. one standing at each at each door um one standing at the door of each train carriage right to see oh you know to help passengers look at their seats that's also very much present in the kenyan railway uh, which i just think is, is is just really cool you know especially yeah. if you've been on you know taking a train in china it is from pictures and all the exact same thing <laughs> unfortunately i have not been on any train in china but that sounds so interesting how how comparable they are. But actually, uh, I guess it's important to mention. Uh, do you know what the, how much it costs to ride from Mombasa to Nairobi? Like, is it is it is it expensive? And and what are what's the the services like? Is it all I guess economy seating or is there class differentiation? I know there is um, first class and second class. Uh, there is definitely a a, um, a price differentiation. I do not know the price. You should look that up right now. Um, ticket price. Train ticket price, Nairobi to Mombasa. So the, hmm, how much does it cost? Let's see. Oh. So, um, so yeah, so I, I looked up online and, um, it says that, you know, for a train ticket from Nairobi to Mombasa, for first class, it is 30, the equivalent of 30 U.S. dollars. And for second class is the equivalent of 10 U.S. dollars. So that's, is this that's, right? That sounds accurate. I mean, that's pretty cheap for a, a five-hour train ride. That is extremely cheap. <laughs> uh, and it also, I guess, it's important to note that for flights, uh, it's around between uh, 50 to 70 U.S. dollars. So the train is definitely more cost-effective than, than the plane, albeit longer. But, I mean, the, I, I would imagine uh, it's pretty comfortable for what you get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, and the service itself, too. Like, um, you know, the... It, it's 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 not you know the train service when we say you know it's comparable to trains in China it's not you know the high speed rail right it is comparable to you know the slow normal trains in China um, where you have you know large cabin seating in the rail cars and then you know dining di- the dining car as well um, but I mean you know all in all right uh, the only the only real difference the only real differences are number one uh, the trains colors are different <laughs> number two. Uh, the train says Kenya Railways instead of, you know, Chinese Rail. And number three, you know, the people are Kenyan and they speak English, right? English and Swahili instead of Mandarin Chinese. Um, other than that, though, like, you know, even, for example, something as, as, as trivial as, um, you know, for example, on uh, the sides of the passenger rail cars, of some passenger rail cars, it will say, you know, for example, the route, like, not, not, in, not electronically, not digitally, but have, you know, a physical sign that just says the route, you know, for example, Nairobi to Mombasa, which is something which is quintessentially, you know, Chinese style. Mm-hmm. 
physically putting the 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 what the route is that the train is operating uh, on the side of the rail car which i was when i saw that i was just like wow this is <laughs> it really would be surreal if if um if i were ever able to take it i mean it, it was uh built by china so i mean i'm not really surprised at how, how similar the railway is i guess also back to pricing i found out that it uh, also only $15 for children in first class and $5 in second class. So if you're a family, I mean, the price of of the train is, is quite good for, for that long of a trip. It seems amazing. It is absolutely amazing. Um, of course, you know, for the local Kenyans, uh, it may not, you know, it may not be as, you know, um, you know, it, it, it may be more, uh, normally priced for them um, because you know it is the cost is of course not in dollars it is in sh- kenyan shillings uh so you know um second class would be a thousand shillings first class would be three thousand shillings um but you know it, it, it i guess for tourists this seems like an amazing deal um although i guess i guess another reason to to sort of visit kenya eh? um you know especially with what the country has to offer already um as well as you know this this uh great Trans this uh, great question mark um, transit option to and from uh, Nairobi and Mombasa right it's it's good it's super cheap it's 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 quick um, and it's you know modern uh, but it's also you know potentially environmentally destructive mm-hmm. um, and you know certainly politically controversial controversial as well um, but. Well, we we, we can't we can't say it's great until we, we until we try it for real. So that exactly that's something we, exactly. we should do. Of course, we have to. Yeah, of course, we have um, to get to Kenya and pay all the money to get to Kenya. But the train will be cheap. You got money, right? Uh, you got money, right? I wish I could afford a flight to Kenya. You can afford a flight to Kenya. All right, cool. Uh, buy the tickets. <laughs> but in any case, um, of course, right? Um can't say it's great yet but that's what you know we shall see in the future uh and you know along with the railroad it's also be interesting to see you know uh, not just how this project continues but how you know one the belt and road initiative in the future as well as well as kenya itself um both as a rise rising country um in its in its own right as well as a leader for the surrounding countries of of uganda rwanda and Tanzania, as well as you know, to a lesser, to a maybe lesser extent, South Sudan and the Democratic Republic of the Congo, which are you know certainly not as not as stable or developed as the as you know Kenya or Uganda, um, but that will all be very interesting to see as well.